Welcome to Let It Ride with True North, the podcast where we interview people in trucking. Whether they're drivers, family, or simply in the industry, we are here to spotlight them and their experiences. I'm Milan, the Community Engagement Manager here at True North, and together with my colleague Maddie, we'll bring you real conversations and stories you won't find anywhere else on the road. Let's ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Milan, and you'll hear from my co-host, Maddie, a little later on in the show. Today, we have one of our female drivers, Jocelyn, who's going to tell us a little bit about her background in this industry. So let's get into it. Jocelyn, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. So, Jocelyn, can you tell us a little bit about yourself Can you give us a a little background on you and how long you've been trucking? Let's see. Been trucking since April of 2016. I got my CDL through SWIFT. I did the training in Corsicana, Texas. I left them and went to Snyder and left Snyder and went to U.S. Express. U.S. Express, I started driving for Dallas ISD school buses. And went back to U.S. Express when COVID hit. Saved up enough money to put a down payment on a truck. And then I got with True North. Oh, it seems like you've been moving around then. I went to the bus driving thing because my husband wanted me home more. Because we knew our son didn't understand with me doing trucking when I first started. Because he was only six. Mm -hmm. He didn't understand why I was always gone. Okay. And how old is your son now? Now, Matthew is 12. And what does your husband do? He is a travel agent. We have to address this, Jocelyn. Why doesn't your husband drive? Why does he not want to be a trucker? (laughs) I feel the need to share. Jocelyn and I had a little conversation before, and I said, oh, so does your husband drive too? And Jocelyn had the greatest reaction. That man cannot drive. (laughs) <laughs> Our house car let a long 18 wheels. No, ma'am. <laughs> and I said, yeah. him and I both. <laughs> yeah, I let him try it before when I drove for Swift and he rode with me for three months. I tried to let him do a backup in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even hear me holler and stop. I was <laughs> like, never. Okay, so it seems like trucking is going to stay with you and the family. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Okay, so when you are with your husband in the car, are you more likely to drive or is he more likely to drive? Uh, I'm the driver. He wants to lay the seat back on the passenger side and play his games on his phone. (laughs) <laughs> so even when you are having a day off, you're driving. Yes, Lena. Wow. <laughs> totally unfair. Get your husband back on the line. I want to talk to him. <laughs> Why is he like that? He is, I tell you, L-A-Z-Y. Right now, right now he gets a pass. Right now he gets a pass because we found out he had cancer in October. So he's going through chemo and radiation. So he gets a pass. All right. That is totally fair. So how many miles have you driven 
And I'm talking about with the truck, not <laughs> with your husband. I drove over 100,000 miles. So I've drove a lot of miles in six years. So what were you doing before trucking? Before trucking, I was doing taxes. Taxes. Doing taxes. <laughs> and then you found out that it wasn't for you. My mom is the accountant. She has a forensic accounting degree. She's the accountant. Okay. So how did you find out that trucking was for you? I always wanted to do it. And I told my husband, I was like, I really want to do trucking. I just feel like that's what's in my blood. And he was like, if you want to do it, go for it. My grandfather was a trucker. My uncle is a trucker. He retired and went back to trucking. My cousin is a trucker. Three of my cousins are truckers. My uncle, my other uncle, my mom's other brother, he used to drive trucks, but he doesn't drive them anymore. So it's in the family. Okay. All on my, my own side. And is your son going to get into trucking, do you think? I doubt it. I truly doubt it. Because whenever he's with me and he rides on the truck and I try to show him about pre-tripping, he just... No, he likes to do, he likes to fuel the truck, but the pre-trips and stuff like that, no. I go back and forth about him vacuuming out the back of the trailer. If I have one of those leaf blowers, so that way all he has to do is just turn it on and blow out the trailer. No. <laughs> not interested. He, he's not in it for the fun, like the actual riding part. He's just in it for the ride because he gets to watch the TV back there on the bed. That's, that's it. I mean, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. The pre-trip looks like a big part of the process, too. Does that take a long time? Since I do it every day, it can mm -hmm. take 15 to 30 minutes. Sure. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't, he, no. The one time I, I tried to let him, and we left, and the flashlight was in the parking lot where we left. <laughs> I was like, where's my flashlight? <laughs> so, what? Do you think he's going to get into what's his thing now he's confused right now he's, he's confused he doesn't know he doesn't know okay that's fair he's 12. our four-year-old nephew that we keep half of the week knows more of what he wants to do than my 12 year old does. right now it's just the xbox for him fair what do you love about trucking I love the peace and quiet, the serenity when you're going through different states, seeing the different scenes, the different views. I just, I like being my own boss. Mm -hmm. I don't have to answer anybody. How long have you been a newer operator? I, when I was at US Express, I went there in June and I did the, I went, opted into their lease purchase program in July. And then July to October, I saved up the money and put a down payment on a truck and went to Snyder as owner op. How does it feel to be an owner operator and having a few years of being a company driver? Company drivers, they try to run you to the ground. Mm-hmm. It was always a fight to get home, even even when you put in your at-home time. It was always a fight for them to get you home. Being an owner-operator, you schedule your own time. 
and you schedule your loads around the time that you want to be home. How did that affect your family life? As a company driver, he was always worried that I wouldn't make it home for major stuff. Like when I was with U.S. Express, I told them that I needed to be home for his birthday. Never miss his birthday. I don't care what day it's on. And one of the dispatchers was like, you went through Texas a few days ago. I was like, it doesn't matter. I told you I was going to take this load for y'all to Georgia because you told me you had a load to get me back to Texas for my son's birthday. I don't miss that. I never will and I never have. And I had to fight with my manager to get a load to get back to Texas. And my sister called me and was telling me he was worried and he was crying that I wasn't going to make it back for his day. But I made it back. Mm-hmm. Before then, they would just have me running up and down the East Coast from New York down to Florida, just back and forth. And I was like, I live in Texas. I want to see Texas sometime too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you miss a lot of holidays being a company driver? Being a, yeah, I did miss a lot of holidays. I did do that. And if I did get to go home for a holiday, I had to be right back on the road the day after. So what's your schedule? When I first started, my husband wanted it where I was home every weekend mm-hmm. so that I would be here with the, him and the kids. And now I told him this year, I'll be home when I decide to be home. They don't need me here every weekend. So now it's like whenever I schedule something for them, like we scheduled a Valentine's Day dinner, so I'll be home for that. I promised my nephew he could go to Monster Jams, so I'll be home for that. But usually I'll pick a bundle load that'll give me three runs to do, and I'll always tell the four-year-old, I'll be home after I do my three loads, and he'll call me like, are you on load number three yet? Are you coming home? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's adorable. (laughs) As far as your family goes, do you ever take them for a ride when they're off on summer vacation or something like that? For spring break and some of the summer, I'll take okay. the boys with me on the trip. For how long? Usually it's about a week, maybe a week and a half. I'll take them out with me. And leave a husband at home? Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. (laughs) Where do you guys usually go? We go to Arkansas. We go to Kansas. We go to Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, Mississippi. I usually try to keep them down here. But like when I've taken my husband on the truck with me, we went all the way up to Wisconsin and came back. That's a long trip. (laughs) <laughs> and hey, we you weren't went, annoyed to have all those people at that time it was just me and my husband we did okay. that trip all the way up to wisconsin and we did that without heat in the truck the bunk heater didn't work Whoa. oh my gosh what time of year was that winter oh. it was december rough <laughs> that seems like some like <laughs> marriage therapy like that's like a, something that couples need to do just to see if they can keep each other alive oh man it was crazy what was that like tell us more about that it was crazy we were bundled up every day and we had to sleep in four to six blankets at night because the temperature was that low where it was in the negatives when you woke up in the morning 
I was so happy to get him off the truck when we finally got back to Texas. <laughs> Jocelyn, I was going to say something about you not coming to Minnesota if you were all the way to Wisconsin, but wow, <laughs> I'm pretty glad you didn't come to even colder weather. <laughs> November until March, I will not go up that way. And I'll, I'll tell my mom and them that all the time because I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I'll see y'all when the weather breaks. Me and Clee, which is the name of my truck, Clee. I named it after my grandfather. His name is Cleveland. So I call it the truck Cleveland or AKA Clee. Me and Clee don't even go that way. I do not blame you. You know what? I think that's probably advice that all of us should take. Yet I'm still here. You know, today is 40, which does not happen in Minnesota weather in the winter. Wow. I know, but it's just a day. So tomorrow I'll probably be back down to the normal single digits. So Jocelyn, I totally see why you steer very clear. <laughs> yeah, because today it is 63 in Texas. Good for you. I was about to say, I'm glad you guys are getting some regular weather that that winter is finally over for you. They say we got some more snow coming around the end of the month. But oh gosh, it didn't be too heavy. Okay. Yeah. Stay warm out there. I'm sending you warm vibes. I appreciate it. I <laughs> anything helps. I promise you that. So what's uh, the weather today in California? The weather today in California, it is <laughs> technically it's 57, but it's warmer than that. It's definitely warmer than that because I was sweating outside and that when I was on my balcony. So I would say that it's probably in its six, in the 60s, but it's always in the 60s here, so it never changes. All right, so you've been a truck driver for a while. What's the best thing you've seen while truck driving? The best thing I've seen while truck driving is watching other truckers help their fellow brother and sister truckers in their time of need. That is the best thing I've ever seen. I, I despise the ones that sit there and watch people struggle on something that I know they struggled on when they first started trucking. I despise that so much. Have you ever been stranded on the road? Has anyone ever helped you? I've never been stranded on the road yet. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> never been stranded. Okay, good. Can you tell us a little bit about being a female driver? I know that it's a male-dominated industry, and I'm, I'm curious on how you navigated this space. You get a lot of stares. You get some honks. You get some waves. You get some smiles. And then you get the ones where you're at a shipper or receiver that are coming up to the truck and be like, I'm proud to see a woman in the truck. And they're like, I see you guys are trying to break into the industry. I just kind of look out, break in. Now we're already here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've been here. And <laughs> we've been here. You just don't see us. Now y'all see us because it's more and more of us popping up. How does it feel to constantly get that kind of attention? I chuckle it off because I'm just like, we're just like you guys out here making money. <laughs> doing the same thing you're doing. Sometimes we do it a little bit better, <laughs> like our backing. <laughs> like our backing, we do it a little bit better. 
Now, I've had a lot of shippers say that they've had men come through there that do not back their trailers in as good as I back the trailer into their docks. I believe that. I oh, I definitely believe that. Yeah. Not surprised one bit. But I tell them, I'm a perfectionist. If I don't think it's straight, I'm going to try it again until I do believe it's straight. <laughs> I'd love to hear a little bit about how you navigate the increased safety risks and some of the added challenges that come along with being a woman in trucking. I just give you like that much more credit for just being able to navigate the space and overcome these challenges. My god sister, she just started trucking last year. And I know when she goes to bed at night, she does that seatbelt thing around the steering wheel mm-hmm. and straps it in. I don't do that. I just feel like if you try to break into my truck, I'm going to give you a run for your money. I've been raised, majority of the family members I have are male. And growing up, the male cousins used to give us the frog punches in the arms and in the legs. Because I grew up as a tomboy. So I'm going to give you a run for your money. Good for you. My husband bought the mace that I carry on the the key ring, but I've never had to use it. And then I have the tire thing that you use to hit the tire switch. So I have that in there. And then you have the hammer. Mm-hmm. But all in all, I've, I've, nobody's ever tried to bother me. And I guess some of my, my family members say it's that mean look that I give, that persona I just send off, please don't bother me. Totally. I'm really happy that nothing has happened. We have a blog post on this, but some of the things that we've sourced from some other female drivers are just about making sure you stay in your truck as much as possible at night, not going like in between trucks or staying away from darker areas. Is there anything like that? I always, always park where there's enough light and there's plenty of truckers around. Mm -hmm. And I usually make sure that when I do go to a truck stop, I get all the necessary stuff that I need and get inside and do my shower and buy all the stuff that I need for that night and take it back out to the truck. Make sure that all my doors are locked, windows are up, and I either pull the front curtain or I pull that back curtain. (laughs) That way they know somebody's in that truck. But I pull those even if I'm not in the truck. So that way they think somebody's in the truck. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's clever. So you pull it, like if you're out at a restaurant or doing something else, you still pull the curtain. Still pull the curtains. Oh. To think that there is somebody in that truck 24-7. They don't know for sure somebody's in there or not. Now, Mm -hmm. if the curtains are not pulled, then they can look in there and they'll see if there's somebody in there or not. That's a great point. When you go out to a trucking, a a popular trucking rest stop, do you feel like people treat you fairly? Now, when I'm at the Loves and the Flying J's and the Pilots, I feel secure. Because those are big known truck stops. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are usually older gentlemen, so I feel more secure. Okay, it's cool. They're here. (laughs) Definitely. And when you are stopped like that, is that a time that you use to chat with other people or do you more just, you know, you're there to really rest and stay in your truck and turn it around the next day? I'm more of an introvert. So I don't want to talk to none of them. 
<laughs> Makes sense. I may talk inside the truck stop if we have to stand around and wait for a shower or wait for our number to be called for a shower. Uh-huh. And I'll talk to the cashiers or if I'm in line buying something and a trucker is talking to me, I'll talk. Because a lot of them will usually be like, you driving that big thing out there? What advice do you have for other women who are wanting to get into trucking, but maybe just feel... Like it's pretty daunting, right? Like they, they're not sure how to enter and overcome those barriers. What advice would you give to them? I would tell them to follow their dream. If that is what you really want to do, research it and ask all the questions that you want to ask. Any question that is not asked are the stupid questions. Mm-hmm. Every question that you do ask is going to let you know for sure, definitely, if this is what you want to do. The best you can do is get your CDL and try it out. If you don't like it, okay. You tried it. You know that you don't like it. And you can keep that CDL as long as you continue to get that, your medical examination done every two years. And you can have that. That's something that you've accomplished and you can show people that you did go out and do it and you accomplished it. If you don't want to keep it, then you just don't get that medical exam done and they'll drop you back down to a Class C driver's license. Can I talk uh, a little bit about community as a woman driver? We did a previous podcast episode with Jason and Lee, who are another couple of drivers, and we were talking about community. And I'm curious to know what the community is like as a, a female driver. Do you have uh, a separate kind of way of getting to know each other? Do you know any other women in the industry? How do you navigate making community as a woman driver? Well, on Facebook, they have a lot of groups for women truckers that I've joined when I was when I had drove for Snyder. They have a women's group, Snyder Drivers, that was called Snyder Drop and Hook. And it was for the women truckers that were through Snyder. And even if you left Snyder, you were still in the group. And then I usually chat if I'm at a shipper or a receiver and there's another female trucker there. We'll usually stand outside and chat. And there was one shipper I went to and there was a female trucker there. And she helped me do my blindside backing because that was the only way you could get into the dock door that was left open to get into. And we said the same thing to each other. Each one teach one. That's what we're here for. That's great. Jocelyn, outside of that network, do you follow um, any professional networks? I know a lot of people look to like women in trucking or real women in trucking, those kinds of organizations for resources or mentorship or other connections. Is that something that, that you have in your life? I just stick with the groups that I got on Facebook where like it's a, they had the mentor group. And I think it's led by a woman that left a company and now she's doing her own thing. Yeah, she trucking. I try to stick with a lot of the women ones that they have on Facebook because it's like I said, it's each one teach one. They've been there, they've done that. And if they don't know the answer, they'll try to get the answer. Mm-hmm. So I was curious as well, Jocelyn, just as we're talking about community and being a woman in trucking, which female influencers do you admire and follow and why? Well, say it's my mom. Oh. 
will be who I admire the most. She's my BFF. She had me when she was 16. Mm-hmm. And she's just conquered everything since then. People just didn't think she would be able to walk across the stage because she had a baby in the 10th grade. They just didn't think she was going to do it. And now she's sitting there getting her bachelor's in forensic accounting. And they just didn't think she'd be able to do it. But she just keeps knocking over each stone. Me being an owner-operator, I'm not at the top of the mountain. I'm just in the middle. But I'm clawing my way to the top. I like that you have a lot of rebellious women that are running through your family. You're one of them. It seems like you inherited that. Yes, it it, it was her. And she's always stood behind. She's got it's four girls that she had biologically. And then she's got a lot of foster daughters. And she stands behind any and everything that we choose to do. And then I've got female cousins that have went and started their own business. Like one cousin has her own beauty salon down in Georgia. And then I have another one that does skincare products in Ohio. So we're all just entrepreneurs out here trying to make it. What are your dreams and aspirations as far as being a truck driver? My final stop is to have four trucks underneath me on my own fleet for Nubian Princess Transportation. Okay, that's cool. Tell us more about that. How did you learn that was what you wanted to do? Because when I first got this truck and I was asking my mom and dad, what should I name the trucking company? My dad was like, just name it. I call you, you're my Nubian Princess. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Do you know who's gonna be in your fleet? So far, just my god sister. Because I told her, I said, get those years under your belt with Warner, because that's who she drives for, and that's who she did her schooling with to get her CDL. I said, get them, get that knowledge under your belt. Take in all you can. We'll work from there, because either you could get you a truck and come on with me, or I could just start getting some more trucks. That's great. You said you had a lot of family drivers. Uh, but it sounds like most of them are men. Is she the only yeah. other female driver? All the other female driver in the family. Okay. <laughs> All right. We are the only Good for two. you guys then. I'm I'm happy for you. Are you going to have an all-female fleet? Is that what you're trying to do? I was leaning towards that for female drivers. But then I know that I would have to eventually let a man in. Do you? Yeah, how come? How come? Like, why? (laughs) Because I know how they want to, oh, well, now you're discriminating. That's sexual discrimination, not hiring a man to be on the fleet. Okay. I understand where you're coming from. They're jealous. Yeah. And they're just going to be jealous. And that's fine. Yeah. I really only wanted to be for women for Nubian transportation. We know statistically women are much safer drivers absolutely i i get where your head's at (laughs) yeah that's great though when that happens let me know we'll put you back on the podcast we'll have a a really long five-way call (laughs) but yeah the only male that would be in that operation would be my husband to be the broker that would be it he's been harassing me about taking a broker class yeah, you don't want to be a broker? I I don't want to be the broker. He can be the broker since he's a stay-at-home dad. He can be the broker. 
Okay. Because we already have the, the office upstairs where we do all my rate cons and file all the bill of ladings and he does his travel stuff. Okay. But so do you do all your paperwork? He doesn't do it right now? Right now, he just files it all for me. Okay. I, I bring it home and he staples the rate cons with the bill of ladings and the fuel receipts. And he keeps it in a folder for January all the way up to December so that we have it for tax season. Do you ever get any flack for being a working mom? Maybe from the four-year-old. He doesn't like TTV and gone as long as I'm gone. But like I tell him, in order to have that power motorcycle that you got to go to Monster Jam, to have that bicycle and that trampoline, any and everything that you have in your bedroom, TT has to go out and make this money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that no one gives you flack for that because women should be able to be on the road without that kind of harassment. So that's good. I'm glad that's happened. Correct. Because I was reading one lady's post where she was talking about um, her mom told her that she should not be driving trucks. She should be at home taking care of the children. Her husband should not be left to do it. And I responded, I think you may need to reevaluate who you talk to in the family, they should be supporting you at all turns in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. They should be the ones like, well, I'll help your husband take care of the kids while you're out there on the road to see if that's what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. Not discourage her at the first turn. That's just not how you do it. Yeah, no, I think that you're totally right. I don't know. They're upset that they didn't pursue their dreams that they wanted to do. And now that they see their child pursuing a dream that they really want to do, then it's like, what are you doing that for? Mm-hmm. No, you should be supporting your child at all turns of life, no matter what they do. Yeah, if we turned criticism into support, we'd all be in such a different place. The judgment is just so pervasive when we all just need to be supporting one another. Mm-hmm. Now, I can see if they do constructive criticism, But just some of the flat out criticism that I hear from some of the parents and the husbands and then the husbands that file for divorces while their wives are on the road, I just be like, wow. Wow, that's a thing? (laughs) Yeah, I had one lady, she worked at a place right down the street. She came back in and her husband served her with divorce papers. No. I was like, as she was on the road. I've seen that man, I said that man didn't want you in the first place. Or he wouldn't support your dream. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted you to do a very specific kind of wifely duty instead of whatever she wanted to do. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Because I know, like, my husband, he has his moments where he's lonely here. And I can understand that. Yeah. And then, But he tells me, like, hey, I miss you. When are you coming home? But... That right there, just to serve me with divorce papers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Hopefully she is better off now without him. But yeah, Jocelyn, that brought up another question I had. What are some of the ways that you keep in touch with your family when you're on the road? How do you stay connected? Oh, my God. The same way he cannot drive a <laughs> wheeler is the way he calls me up on a daily basis. (laughs) After he gets the kids dropped off to school, he'll call me up and it's just dead air on the phone. And 
I'm like, dude, if you don't have nothing to talk about, <laughs> not call my phone. Oh, wait. Like, I just want to talk. No, you're not talking about nothing. You're just sitting here and there's air. No. It feels like you're in the same room then if you're still on the phone throughout the day. That is why I leave to get some peace. That's <laughs> when I'm here because I told him I had this podcast with him. He's not in the house. Thank God. <laughs> but if I wouldn't have had this podcast today, he would have been right here. <laughs> like right there next to you. Right underneath me. How about with the kids? Are you, do you guys FaceTime or talk to them at night or how does that when work? He, when he picks them up from school, I'm usually on the phone with him. No. And right. they talk to me. That's nice. Yeah. And then when I come in, the four-year-old, TT, are you going back to work tonight? No, I'm here with you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh. we do the routine, shower, teeth brush, go upstairs, turn on his meditation music, and put him oh. in bed. I love that you have a routine. <laughs> How is it to balance that kind of a relationship? I know that your kids are, are all over you when you come home, but how is it? to balance a a marriage in that at first it was tricky because we didn't know how it was going to work out and everybody was clinging for the time to be with me mm -hmm. so now it's i'll come in they'll pick me up from the truck and we'll either go out to eat for dinner or come home and i'll cook a dinner and it's like a little bit of family time. I come in during the week. It's a little bit of family TV time when we're eating. And then everybody gets ready for bed. And usually the next morning, I'll drop everybody off to school. So that way it gives us a time to conversate while they're getting their drive to school. And then the four-year-old, I stop, I park down the way and we walk up to the school so that he has more time to conversate. Yeah. But then, well, once they go to bed, then my husband knows it's his time. <laughs> okay. So kids come first and then husband gets the rest of you. <laughs> gets the evening. Okay. He gets his quality time once they lay down at 8, 830. Okay. And do you guys have something that you guys do to rebond or something like that when you're home for a long period of time? Do you guys have date nights or something like that? Yeah, usually have my sister will usually step up to the plate and be like hey i'm coming to get both the boys because she only lives two miles away from us so she'll be like hey i'm coming to get both the boys so y'all can have a night alone and i'm like oh, okay that's awesome and they'll be gone usually she'll pick them up on a saturday afternoon and we won't grab them again until sunday night before bed yeah, so it seems like extended family makes it easier for you to be on the road. Yeah, my sister moved down here three years ago because she was having a hard time getting her feet, her footing in Ohio. So I was like, just move down here and we'll help you out because the baby was only a year old then. And I was like, just move on down here. And she came down here and we kept him so that she can get her stuff together. So he has a room here and he has a room at her house. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he's here. And then she picks him up Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday, she drops me back off over here where I have a barber that comes and cuts both the boys' heads. 
And then she'll pick him back up Saturday night. And if I'm in town, she'll take both the boys and keep them till Sunday. That's great. So they get a lot of extended family time. And then you get to have peace of mind to know that your kids are being taken care of. Yes, ma'am. And then I got my aunt that stays down in the country. So we can go see her too if we want to. Because every Friday they do a fish fry. So you can go down there and get some lobster and some crab. What? Tell me more. I need Real to know what that's it. about. <laughs> what? Why are you not inviting me, Jocelyn? You just <laughs> Yep, that's my aunt. That she be my uncle be on the phone like I gotta go home and clean my fish. I'll be like, okay, I'll be down there. Oh. That is too cool. So that's what Fridays? Every Friday he does. They do crab legs, lobster, fish, and the grilled cabbage. Yum. And I just be like, okay, we used to go every Friday, but once I started doing my own trucking thing, we haven't made it every Now I can see why your husband wants you home on Fridays. <laughs> you can get down to the fish fry. Okay. Right? Because he loves the grilled cabbage. He loves it. I bet. Oh my gosh. That wow. sounds like a nice tradition. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I have not been to a fish fry in a long time. So the next time I'm in Texas, let me know. I'll make sure I'll come on a Friday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My family's from Texas. So I got a lot of the fish fries here in California. So I still have a little bit of that Texas fried stuff. But not necessarily as much as I used to. Like my aunt now stay in Joshua. Okay. Down there by Burleson and Crawley and Cleburne. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know a little bit about Texas, but oh my God, it's huge <laughs> that I'm like, I can't even, I can't keep up. Yeah. Even when I was down there, I was down there in October and like just seeing it on the plane, I was like, Texas is so big. Yeah, it takes five hours just to drive from one end to the other. Wow, that is bizarre. Yeah, everything's bigger in Texas. I understand it now. I get it. It is wide. So did you ever have an experience where you're like, this is the reason why I want to be a truck driver. This is it. This is the, the industry for me. I had that feeling when I was a kid and I would see my grandfather pull up in his dump trucks every day. Mm. And I knew that he was his own boss. And I was like, wow, I love that. But I was hesitant, like, no, I don't see no women doing this. <laughs> so you didn't get to see the representation. So you, you felt like you weren't allowed? Was it allowed? That's it. Allowed. No, that's a men's world because my uncle was doing it. My other uncle did it. And my, all my male cousins were doing it. It was more like, hey, this is what y'all going to do. Your grandpa did it. Your dad did it. Yada. And I'm like, wow, I guess that's only for the boys. It doesn't apply to us girls. Yeah. But as yeah. I got older, I was like, I'm my own person. I'll do what I want to do. I've always been different in this family. So, so you're like a black sheep. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm going for it. And then when all my male cousins came out, I'm proud of you. You are a trucker. I am so proud of you. I was like, oh, man, I could have done this a long time ago. 
My life story is different because I did a stint in prison. And I think that was a time to reflect and see what I really wanted to do with life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because I was in a car with somebody who had committed a crime. And since I didn't know anything about it, I got charged as his co-defendant. Mm-hmm. So I did four years in prison. And when I got out, that's when I sat still like, I need to figure this out. And so you went back to what seems like your your first love, which is truck driving. So then I was like, Mom, I really want to be a truck driver like my grandpa. And she was like, like my daddy? And I was like, not dump trucks, but I want to I wanna drive trucks. And what did your mom say? She was like, look into it, see what you got to do. And just like now, when I told her, I was like, I want to own my own fleet. She was like, look into it. And I had told her about another company that I had seen, some lady about the Compass Circle. And she was reading up on her, nah, we'll figure this out on our own. She was like, we're going to work this out on our own. I was like, okay. Okay. Uh, She's my number one cheerleader. Yeah, now I understand why you said your mom is your hero, because it seems like she's also just your biggest support. Jocelyn, thank you for sharing all of that. No problem. Like the one tattoo I got, it says, never a victim, forever a fighter. And then another tat that I got says, every saint has a past, every sinner has a future. I really love those quotes. Those are really good. So can we talk about what kept you motivated for trucking? What really kept me motivated for trucking was at at Swift Academy. Mm-hmm. We had, because all of their instructors are ex-Army. They're all ex-Army. And the one guy that took us out for our road training, the girl that I was partnered with in the truck, she had learned how to drive a stick shift because back then they didn't have the automated yet. We all had to learn how to drive in a stick. And her boyfriend was a truck driver at the time, and he taught her how to float the gears. What does that mean? Where you don't use the clutch oh, okay. to, to shift the gears. You rev it up so high that you can shift multiple gears without having to hit that clutch. And that's one thing they do not want you to do. They want you to use that clutch to shift every gear. And she was doing that, and he just went ballistic. I was like, oh, my God. So when she started crying and we had pulled over to take a break, I was like, girl, you have to remember that they are all ex-military mm. and they're going to talk to us like we are in their boot camp. I said, but do not let him discourage you from getting your CDL. I said, please don't let him be the reason. Do not let him be the reason. And when we got back in that truck, I said, I don't care if you grind them gears all the way down the street. <laughs> Keep doing what he tells us to do. Do not let him make you walk away from this academy. There was only three of us females in that whole class. Out of 15, there was only three of us. I said, do not let him make you walk away. She passed. We all passed. I said, don't do it. But she cried that night. She cried. I said, do not let him make you walk away. Yeah. Do you feel like you can't be emotional around other drivers or other people in the industry? At that time? No. 
the motto was failure is not an option. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. my husband had his fingers crossed and toes crossed when it was time to take the test. And I told them when we went to take the test, because a couple of the guys that I went to test with on my test day, it was their third test. So if they failed at that time, they had to wait two weeks before they could come back and take the test again. And I was just in there with them like, failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. I said, what you need to do is not go first. Wait for some people to think they got it and let them go first. And when they come back, if they come back too quick, ask them where did they make their mistake so that we're not to make that same mistake. Okay, that's a good lesson. And that's exactly, and I waited. I was the last one. I watched this guy come back and he had a tantrum on the concrete ground, just baby tantrum, banging and kicking on the ground. I was like, what is that? Because he had hit a curve, which is an automatic fail. So like they tell you when you first take that test, if you hit a curve, it was automatic fail. While you're over there having that tantrum, I do not understand. Yeah. How long is a school? The schooling can go from three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of them now are making it a little longer. I think now they're going like five to six weeks. To make sure that you're more prepared. Make sure that you can parallel park, do your 45 degree backings, your 90 degree backings, <laughs> your straight lines, and make sure that you can do your button hooks. And knowing where to stop at the intersection, because when you stop, you should be able to look over the hood of your truck and see the white crosswalks mm-hmm. clearly. And they tell you when you take that test, because I took my test in Wasahachie. Mm-hmm. They tell you when you take the test, they will prefer you to go over the line when you go to make a turn and get some points. Then they hit the curve and be an automatic fail. Oof. Driving school seems tough. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do outside of your job? Do you have any hobbies that you do? Do you even have time for it? It seems like you're busy with your clingy husband and your and your kids, but and that's what he is too. A clingy husband. That is like the third child in this house. Third child. <laughs> but no, right now, mainly it's just spoiling the kids my one trucker friend he um his mom taught me how to crochet before she passed away so when i do have time i like to crochet when i'm on the road usually poems will pop into my head i've got a whole i've got two folders full of poems that i've wrote since i was a teenager that are just stacked high and my mom told me to go get a copyright and get those patented so nobody could steal those but I just love writing poems. Wow. So when I'm out there, I usually get a poem that'll pop into my head and I have to write it down. That's great. So do you do you read a lot on the road? I used to, but now mainly I run myself so hard that it's pick up, get to my destination, take my shower and lay it down and get that eight hours rest because and that's why I, uh, my husband was like, I don't understand why you even put a TV in the truck because you don't even watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, got, I got a microwave in the truck that has never been plugged in. The plastic is still on the inside of the microwave. 
<laughs> that is okay. Awesome. That yeah, like, you're owner, you supposed to have time to do a lot of these things that you just went and purchased stuff for this truck for that you don't even do. I'm like, I know, I'm still running like I'm a company driver. <laughs> That's interesting that you have a microwave that you never use. I'm like, why do I even have this microwave? I don't even use it. It's you. The most time that TV gets is when the kids are in the truck. That is the most time that TV is on. That's too awesome. Maybe the microwave is just like a rainy day thing, just in case, right? <laughs> you never know. You I'll never know. I'll probably end up selling it and just get a, because I'm thinking about getting that combo air fryer microwave thing that I keep hearing about and try that. You definitely. I have a 12-in-1 convection oven air fryer, all that stuff. I use that thing more than my oven. You will, it will change your life. My husband has found a lot of recipes that we make here in the air fryer and stuff, like the some salmon recipes that we do. Would you make salmon in the truck? I don't know if I would do that. I, yeah. I really? Like this one is the baked crusted Dijon salmon. Delicious. Yeah. Okay. I would do it. He's found a lot of them that he's uh, cooked. And I come home and they're cooked and I'm like, oh, pretty good. Okay. So he does a lot of the cooking at home. When we first got married, that man couldn't cook a lick. <laughs> now that I'm on the road, he started to learn how to cook. If he doesn't, if he doesn't know how to do it, he'll call me and he'll ask and I'll guide him through it. And it's trial and error. Wow. Look at you multitasking on the road and then also <laughs> helping him out with recipes. Virtuous chef. Like last week when I came in, he had the salmon dinner cooked and ready. I was like, oh my goodness. I think I'll stick around a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> Worth all the clinginess, I guess. Yeah. I can't wait for him to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think he will, Jocelyn? He probably will. <laughs> he totally will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's gonna be like, "I'm embarrassed." <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, well, not because any other time, if I like, I'll tell him a story. Yeah, this man made a joke at the Nestle water plant, and he said my laugh was contagious, and he liked my laugh. And you like, oh, what you say? I'm like, I said, thank you. Oh, you didn't say my husband likes it too, or your secret husband? I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. Oh, boy. <laughs> Your secret husband. Yeah. Somebody else would have said my husband said that too. I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Wow. That's hilarious. So I want to go back to your poetry. Tell us more about that. It's usually just things like that's happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, things that like my cousin died last year of an overdose. Mm-hmm. So the other, when his anniversary came up this year, it, a, a poem just popped into my head and I just typed it out and sent it to my aunt and I felt like she needed to read that day. Yeah. Do you like to follow other poets? No, no. Okay. So you don't read poetry, you just write poetry? Just, just write it. Okay. How many poems have you written? Plenty. Plenty. It's where you just grab scrap paper and you just write them down 
or I've had the, the spiral notebooks that I filled up and wrote poems in them. Like if, when we first got married and there was trouble in the marriage, I just wrote my feelings down in the poem mm-hmm. and he would find it and read it and he would finally start listening. And he'd be like, I wasn't listening before, but now I'm listening. Wow. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so what does poetry do for you? How does poetry it's a, help? It's an outlet to get out what I'm having trouble saying without it coming out as rude. Because mm. some people, they just don't understand the way I do it. Like my god sister, she knows. I, when she calls me, she's like, well, I can't get into this spot. She's like, no, you're not being rude. I know you're not being nasty. You're just telling me what I need to know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, because it's better to get out and keep looking than to make a mistake and have to pay for that later. Mm-hmm. I said, but my husband says with the way I say things, I could never be a trainer. Because <laughs> I would have people crying. I say it like it should be said. And I just can't, I can't pacify people and I can't hold their hand and sugarcoat it. That's just not me. I've never been that way. That's a gift, I feel. Some uh, people just take it the wrong way. Oh my gosh, she is mean. No, I think that that <laughs> means you're a motivator. A lot of, there's a lot of soft people out there. So they don't, they take it the wrong way. Because I was always around my aunt and she retired as a master sergeant. And sometimes you will see that soft side of her, but nine times out of 10, no. <laughs> mm. So she was a master sergeant in the army? In the army. She retired as master sergeant. So yeah, it was kind of like, hey, this is, this is it right here. Mm-hmm. So you inherited that from her and my mom. <laughs> That's how they were. You eat what's in front of you or you go to bed hungry. You There's no, hey, well, what do you want to know? How does that affect your truck driving? Are you organizing your truck? Always. There's a place for everything. If it is out of place, I go bunkers. You will see the smart water off to the, underneath the refrigerator. That's where you grab your smart water. You will go up in the cabinet and see where you got your Quest bars, your Nutri-Grain bars, your Fruity Grain bars, your uh, sugar-free salad dressings. Your uh, sweet potato crackers. Yeah, it seems like you got an oatmeal. oatmeal. Oops. Okay. <laughs> Non-flavored oatmeal? Non-flavored oatmeal. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, I used to do the flavor kind, but once my acupuncturist told me to get off the sugar and a lot of sodium, I had to go down to the non-flavored oatmeal. Yes. Hey. It's not the maple and brown sugar. Oh, that's good. Not the, not the strawberries and cream, but. Yep. I, I know what you're talking about too. I, <laughs> I was grown up on some oatmeal, so. It's healthy. I usually eat a lot of tuna on the truck. Oh, that's a great thing to keep with you. I keep about 20 packs of tuna up in the cabinet. And then in the refrigerator, I got my olive oil mayo. And then the relish, mix it all up in a bowl and make me a sandwich on wheat bread, or I'll eat it with my nut thin crackers. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> That's the Jocelyn special right there. Right there. 
Yep. I'm going to have to try that. You're going to turn into a fish. <laughs> yeah, with the fish fries on Friday, you guys have the salmon dinners. Yeah. You know, lunches. Let's see if you can get. I'm like, I'm getting my omega threes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Nothing but the omega threes. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if truck driving was no longer an option? Oh my God. I do not know. I I don't have a backup plan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying to do this until there is no more trucking. And at that point, I'm I'm hoping to be sitting back retired looking at my grandbabies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you and Randy can go on some of the, the trips that he plans for other people. Right? He's That's- already he's upstairs right now trying to find a summer cruise to go on because he knows that his chemo and radiation will be done by then. That is gonna be so nice. We did an anniversary cruise. It was an anniversary slash late honeymoon cruise. And then we've taken a cruise with my son and my nephew that's 13. We took them to Nassau, Bahamas, and the little island that Carnival has. We took them there at Key West. So they had a good time. This cruise that he's trying to plan now, it'll be the first one for my four-year-old nephew. And it'll be the second cruise for my son. (laughs) They are... Okay, so I think we're going to wrap up. Jocelyn, thank you so much. You're our first woman driver on our podcast, and we're really happy that you're willing to talk to us and tell us a little bit about your story and what it's like to be a female driver on the road nowadays. It's really inspiring for people to see some kind of representation on the road in this male-dominated industry. Jocelyn, it's just really been such a pleasure to talk to you. And we're just so grateful for your time and for everything you do every day and just to be connected to you. So thank you. No problem. Until next time, have a good one. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Let It Ride with True North. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend. For more information on how True North supports real owner-operators like you just heard, follow us on Facebook at True North Transportation Co., find us on Instagram, or on our blog, Owner-Operators Only, on our website at truenorthtrans.com. Let It Ride with True North is a production of True North Transportation. This episode was edited, produced, and hosted by me, Milan Allen. See you next time.